If you were reading the Gospel of Luke from start to finish, by the time you reach today's passage, Jesus has been journeying toward Jerusalem for 10 chapters or so. And the events that we hear about today will be immediately followed by the events we usually hear about on Palm Sunday. In other words, this is Jesus' last stop before his final stop in Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets. As Jesus makes his way toward his arrest and trial, his cross and tomb, his resurrection and ascension, throngs of people, some devoted, some disparaging, some merely curious, throngs continue to swirl around him. So the events depicted in today's passage provide one more late-in-the-game opportunity to help his followers see and hear what this whole trip is all about. This is Luke chapter 19, beginning with the first verse. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he couldn't because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because Jesus was going to pass by that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he has gone to be the guest of those, one of those who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and he said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. This too is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The first All Saints Sunday that I have any recollection of was November of the year 2000. Clark's mother, Rita, had died uh, several weeks earlier. Because she and I had never been especially close, the role that I filled in the aftermath of her death was doing whatever I could to help Clark. And that mostly took the form of piloting our two little boys through all the unfamiliar faces and places and occasions. By the first Sunday in November, the immediate crisis of Rita's death had passed, and my attention turned back to the normal activity that filled our household. And so I didn't give a single thought to All Saints Sunday. And so I'm sitting there in the front row of the choir at our home church, clueless as our pastors begin to read the necrology that list of all the loved ones who've died in the previous year. And only then did I think to look up into the balcony and I saw Clark's stricken face. 
And in a panic, I realized that for me to get up and go to Clark would disrupt worship for the entire congregation. And so I sat there paralyzed, and then I watched church happen. I watched as two people, whom we didn't even know especially well, move to be closer to Clark, one sliding along the pew behind him, close enough to lay a hand on a shoulder, and the other moving a couple of pews over to sit closer by. And for me, that will always be the portrait of All Saints Sunday, our church as this collection of people ranging from those who were grieving to those who were comforting, from those who had not yet experienced the sort of loss that gives this day its particular depth, and to those whose death we again remembered in the presence of God. And as I look at all of you gathered here on this All Saints Sunday, I know that some of you are like Clark was then, actively feeling the heaviness of grief. And I know some of you are like those two almost strangers in the balcony who noticed a need and were brave enough to take the risk to step into it. And I know that some of you are like I was then, just not quite fully clued in to what such a day as this is all about. And especially because in a few minutes we will celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion, I want to acknowledge that also present here today are those who have died, particularly those whose names we will hear in today's necrology. All of us are here together. All of us are sinners and all of us are saints. Before going any further, maybe we need to define some terms. When I use the term saints, I am not speaking of those who had been martyred for their faith. I respect such disciples from a distance, but I don't think I've ever actually met anyone who is that sort of saint. Nor do I mean those who are thought of as good to some miraculous degree. No. When I speak of saints, I mean those who are sanctified, made holy by God's grace and empowered by that grace, empowered by that grace to increasingly become a part of God's purposes. And I believe that is true of every one of us. And when I speak of sinners, I don't mean fiends, I mean all of us who live in this beloved but broken world, all of us who are beloved but broken ourselves, all of us who are made whole only by God's grace. In other words, all of us. All of us are sinners whom God engages and encourages and empowers to live as the saints God created us to be. And that is where the idea of All Saints Sunday intersects with this little story about this little guy, Zacchaeus. Jesus is passing through Jericho, the last town of any size on his epic trek to Jerusalem, when Zacchaeus is introduced to the story as anything but a saint. Not merely a tax collector, this guy is a chief tax collector, now, tax collecting jobs were purchased from the Roman Empire, 
So Zacchaeus would have needed money just to buy his way into this profession. And as chief tax collector, Zacchaeus sat atop something akin to a pyramid scheme with all the underling tax collectors giving him a cut. Plus, this is Jericho, which was a happening place. King Herod had a major palace there. So it was a prime location for collecting tax. In other words, Zacchaeus was indeed rich, even though his lucrative livelihood required such coziness with the Roman occupiers that it had cost him his relationship with his community. And now Zacchaeus wants to see who Jesus is. The gospel's vocabulary emphasizes the intentness involved in this. Given the massive crowds that surround Jesus at every turn, crowds full of locals who (laughs) were not about to make way for this despised tax collector. And so Zacchaeus' best hope is to hurry ahead of the action and shimmy up a tree to catch a glimpse of this traveling rabbi. But suddenly, the one who is looking becomes the one who is seen. And if we'd been following this gospel closely, we'd be uncertain of what will happen next. On the one hand, Luke has told multiple stories of Jesus befriending tax collectors and sinners, sinners and tax collectors. And on the other hand, Luke has placed this particular story just a few verses after Jesus' famous line about a camel having an easier time getting through the eye of a needle than a rich person getting into the kingdom of God. So what's it going to be? For Zacchaeus, will this latest tax collector be welcomed or will this latest rich guy be sent away? Jesus sees him, calls him by name, and says, hurry and come down, for I must. And this must is a special verb construction known as the divine imperative because it conveys God's will. It points, in fact, to nothing less than God's plan. I must, says Jesus, stay at your house today. And so Zacchaeus, all the sinners in Jericho, Zacchaeus welcomes Jesus into his house. Well, everybody sees it, hears of it, decides to fuss about it, And Zacchaeus stands there. There's something in that that unadorned phrase that I really like. Zacchaeus stands there and responds to his uninvited guest by refocusing his life, repenting, repairing relationships. And Jesus reminds everyone of who Zacchaeus is, first and foremost, not a Roman collaborator, but a member of the family of God. And then Jesus summarizes his entire earthly mission. Jesus' whole purpose for being here is to seek out and save the lost. Much as the Last Supper will be Jesus' final interaction with his disciples before he's crucified, this is Jesus' final interaction with the world outside Jerusalem. And much as Jesus will say in that upper room, my body is broken for you, my blood is shed for the forgiveness of sins, here he says, I came to seek out and save the lost. And so it is 
that Jesus has come along and seen Zacchaeus, not as a tax collector and a sinner, but as a child of God who's lost track of his true identity. Jesus looks up into that sycamore tree and sees what is truest about Zacchaeus, and he connects with that, requiring hospitality, facilitating repentance, ensuring acceptance into God's family. Well, similarly, Jesus sees each of us, whether we fit in the portrait of this All Saints Sunday as those who grieve or those who comfort or those who are only now beginning to understand. Jesus sees beyond whatever we've done or whatever others say about us. He sees beyond all the evidence of all our sin and he encourages us to live as the saints we were created to be. He calls to each of us, and before we know it, he has invited himself into our lives so that he can give himself to us at that table. Also joining us at that table are all the saints of every time and place, especially this congregation's loved ones who have died during the past year. A couple of those saints lived lives roughly a century long, and a couple of those saints lived only about a quarter of that time. But all of them were sinners, and all of them were saints, and the same is true of all of us. Being sinners doesn't mean that we're bad. It means we're human. And it means that we are among those whom Jesus came to seek and to save. And being saints doesn't mean that we're miraculously good. It means that we are recognizable as members of God's family. It means that God notices you and knows you and enters your life to encourage you and empower you to live as the saint you were created to be. That's our calling, to live as those whom God has sought and saved, to live lives that reflect how we are even now being changed, still sinners, but by the grace of God, acting more and more like saints. May it be so. Amen.